God is definitely not someone that is being preached about in most churches. We tend to think that there is only A and B with God because there's only A and B with us. God's a lover and he's a forgiver, but I think a big misconception is that that's all that God is. God is as just as he is loving. Our minds can't even comprehend how great he is, how big he is, how fast he is. And the Bible tells us that he loves us, he is love, but the Bible also tells us to fear God. He's not our BFF. God is someone that loves us so much that uh, he will remove things out of our life that we hold on to. You do not define God. I do not define God. God is self-defining. God is not a matter of opinion. Welcome back to the Let God Die podcast. This is Josh. And I'm Calvin. And today we're going to be talking to a guy named Tony. Um, I heard him on the Bad Christian podcast um, they had a live podcast out in Grand Rapids and he was just a guy in the crowd. And, um, basically I tracked him down through, um, a mutual friend that I had met the day before that recording. Um, so to me, it was a, a really cool God's timing, um, that I just kind of so happened to meet one of Tony's friends the day before the recording of that podcast and was able to track him down. He's going to be joining us from Alaska I'm not sure what he's doing there. Um, I apologize in advance if the sound quality isn't the greatest. Uh, we're just kind of giving this a go for the first time as far as uh, talking to somebody who's not with us. Um, but we're going to get right to it. So um, hope you enjoy. How you doing, man? Hey, Tony. How you doing, man? Doing good. Just putting on your butt. Give me one sec. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Can you hear me, sir? Yeah. You can you can... great. Excellent. I'm on my phone, so if the quality's not the best, I apologize. Oh, that's fine. So we have uh, Tony joining us. Uh, what, what's your last name, Tony? Uh, Gebhard. Tony right. Gebhard. And you're from Michigan? I am. Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm actually in uh, Anchorage, Alaska right now. I've been up here for about two months. I'm flying back home on December 3rd. Okay. So I'm enjoying my stay. <laughs> Me and Josh were just kind of trying to figure out what it is exactly you could be doing in Alaska this time. Of year, so. <laughs> uh, sleds, same, dog sleds, uh, making igloos. <laughs> 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 no, man, I'm doing music up here and sort of uh, absorbing and soaking in the different environment and different kind of community. But at the same time, you know, I'm slowly realizing this is not necessarily the place I could spend my entire life. It's too much solitude. You know, I drive myself insane. And I thought I was going to move up here for a while, but it didn't work out, you know, the best. You know, I, I had ambitions and a lot of uh, adrenaline to sort of do what I wanted up here. But slowly but surely, solitude and a lot of loneliness kind of kicked in. And it's like, what am I doing here? I belong in the big city. What are you doing with music up in Alaska? Recording an EP. I'm a multi-instrumentalist, producer, and vocalist. I kind of do everything. I, I've always been a musician at heart. I uh, got into music when I was about nine years old and played guitar in my garage hours every day, and I slowly became more professional about it and took it to another level. You know, I, I've, I have eight solo CDs I've written, and I've worked with three or four different bands, and I'm only 19, so I've kind of gone far and above and beyond what you know, the average musician would do when they're first, you know, making music. So it's it's my life, man. That's wild. Totally make me feel like I wasted all of my youth, like, <laughs> skateboarding and rollerblading and stuff. Dude, there's you know, nothing wrong with that. Master musician, touring the road in Alaska, chilling, you know? Yeah, no, I and I tell myself, you know, I'm, I have 
I'm lucky that I can do some of the things that I do, and that's not me saying I'm better than anyone. Oh, heck no. But, you know, I, I try to get out there, and whatever money that I have, I utilize it in a way that I can travel and meet people that I've met online or go visit places that I want to go visit, you know? So what got you into uh, diving into music at a young age? Well, I lost my vision when I was about nine years old. We can maybe talk about that later. Um, but I got a guitar um, for my ninth birthday, and uh, I just became intrigued instantly with the uh, initial you know, introduction to it. And I found so much enjoyment in piano, guitar, drums. I started singing at a younger age, too, and um, started listening to a lot of music, um, like uh, Bullet for My Valentine, Godsmack, Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera, you know, pretty much the classics, yeah. so to speak, the people that, you know, the bands that you're supposed to be introduced to when you first start playing guitar. <laughs> and, you know, I would, I would listen to that music for hours in the garage, and I slowly picked up all the things that they did, and I never took lessons. Lessons really wasn't, you know, a thought that I had going through my head. It's like, I want to figure this out by myself, and started my first band when I was 14, started playing full shows when I was 16, and played around the state of Michigan when I was 17 and 18. Right, yeah. so, so the stuff you're working on right now, that's uh, solo EP? Um, no, no, actually, no, it's not. Um, there's a different project that I started called Away With My Weakness, and um, slowly but surely I'm trying to get members together, but since I'm flying back to Grand Rapids, it kind of is putting it on hold, but I'm writing a three-track EP. It's a conceptual EP about struggling and um, overcoming, and uh, it's actually a lot lighter music than I usually write. I've been writing a lot more alternative music as of late, and... Um, Three songs that are on it are uh, Alive, Never, and Collapse, and they're all about um, addiction and ambition and becoming militant with the things that you struggle with, that you can attack them full on with faith and, uh, you know, agility. Cool. So, so why did you uh, choose, like, Away With Weakness? Away With My Weakness? Um, that name actually was not made by me. It was by one of my roommates. He, uh, he threw the name at me, and I'm like, I love that. It's very conceptual. It's hating your hating what you just uh, I, I guess we, we have to accept ourselves for who we are no matter how many flaws we have it's who we are yeah. but at the same time it is okay to strive to weaken those flaws and make them become stronger and obviously as a christian too you know that's that's what jesus is for you know come to me all who are weird and burdened i will you know give yourselves rest matthew eleven twenty eight. 28 that's what that's about and i tell myself you know away with my weakness, away with my weakness, you know, our weakness can be the devil sometimes, and, you know, that's, that's why we need to be, become um, strong about it and valiant when we struggle in life, you know, it's like, okay, this isn't the end of the world, but this is a moment where I need to reach out to God or reach out to the things that I feel most, most, uh, most of my clarity in. So, dude, um, can you walk us through a little bit about, like, uh, you brought up earlier about losing your sight? Um, sure. Um, I was born with vitreoretinopathy. Um, I got I got to think of the actual full name. That's not the full name, believe it or not. Um, you know what? Screw it. Don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> it's a long name. I don't want to search it on Google. But um, vitreoretinopathy is a retina disorder, okay. um, detachment specifically. It's where your retinas, when you were born, you have full vision, but the, it's a disease slash chemical that is in your retinas and in your ocular membranes 
that can spread to the retinas right away. It does once once you are born, and it causes them to shrink and become heavily sensitive. And um, the slightest pressure can cause them to pre- uh, tremble and start to um, disintegrate, so to speak. And um, that happened to me throughout the years. I lost my right eye when I was two. My, I mean, my right eye is obviously still intact, but the function is gone. Okay. Um, the retina died. Um, I had my left eye for most of those years. I lost my vision completely when I was eight, but I went through maybe 60 or 70 eye surgeries just to keep my left eye intact, my retina attached. When I was about eight or nine, I had an accident. I was forbidden to partake in activities that caused heavy pressure to your eyes, and obviously at the time I didn't care. I was adolescent. I was ambitious. I wasn't going to let anything stop me. And um, I was accidentally tripped on a trampoline, and um, the trampoline springs that are on the side, one of them scraped my eye because I fell right on it, and it tore my cornea. Um, I don't mind talking about this. It's not, it doesn't make me upset or anything. I've, I've told this story um, plenty and plenty of times, but that was pretty much the end of it. That killed the retina almost instantly. Um, fast forward another three and a half years, four years, they took that eye out completely because it was dying, and they put in a prosthetic. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at now. And, you know, for the grace of God, he's given me the ability of music and um, the you know, strength to say, I'm fine, I'm okay the way I am, this is how God created me, I don't need vision to see the real world and to see God's grace, I had my time of vision, and some days I wish I could see what the world looks like today, and some days I'm like, oh God, I'm glad I don't have to see some of the things that exist in this world. (laughs) Yeah. What blows me away, man, is the fact that, like, you know, despite, like, you know, your like, what actually happened to you, you know what I mean? Like, you still have, like, your faith in God intact, and, like, you know, you work through that, like, with him, you know? Okay. Right, and as a little boy, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, I, I just really no, want to add to that. Um, as a little boy, you know, I was a faithful person, you know, I believed in God, I, I, I knew who he was, and, of course, you know, being a child, God, at, at the time, throughout your adolescence, you know, those are some of the most important years to be introduced to your faith, and, uh, to give yourself to Christ, and um, when I lost my vision, man, I cursed God. I was like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? I was perfectly fine away with who I am. Obviously, as a young age, you know, we don't understand. Yeah. We don't understand the, the reason why God takes things away or does certain things in our lives, and, you know, we want to curse him. We just want to say, go away, we're done, and, you know, 10 years later, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, thank you, God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's he doesn't do those things to hurt us. That's like the last thing he'd ever want to pull out of the box is yeah. to do anything to harm us, and I'm more than thankful for that. You know, what was a turning point for you, uh, going from you know kind of being upset about it to recognizing music? It? Yeah, I think it was music. It was the quick turnaround. God didn't give me time to shed tears. He instantly and immediately said, okay, you know what? I'm not going to let you hate your life. I'm going to give you something that you will cherish for the rest of your life and that you will become super successful with. And I took that. I knew from the bottom of my heart that this was what God wanted me to do, music. And I'm sitting here 10 years later saying, wow, I've written over 300 songs, played plenty of shows. I've played for youth groups. I've signed autographs already. I've... I've done crazy things. It's like, holy cow, this was what God wanted me to do. 
and he gave that to me at such a young age and I didn't know at first but I was like you know what I'm going to trust music I'm going to give my heart to this ability and see where it takes me and it took me somewhere and it's continuing to go places so did you have a like a strong family upbringing as far as like were they you know following God your parents and whatnot? I guess you could say I, I come from a Catholic family um but me personally I kind of drifted away from the Catholicism doctrine but yeah there is faith in my family for sure for you being uh, blind and actually being a musician like sure how does how does that work as far as like you know I noticed I watched a couple of your YouTube videos you were playing guitar and drumming which I can say I'm thoroughly impressed like just amazing <laughs> like your, your shred technique you. is like crazy and for anyone who hasn't seen that Calvin's talking about him <laughs> playing guitar and drumming at the same time um mm -hmm. Like, I'm blown away by, it. like, did you learn to play guitar before, like, the accident happened? Or was this something you picked up, like, after? They were all after the accident, because I had no care in music before I lost my vision. I mean, I didn't, I didn't. Um, I was having into video games, dude. I owned a PS2 and, like, 200 games. Are you kidding me? I was a gamer. <laughs> you were a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> right, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you telling me? Straight up. Crash Bandicoot 2. Yes! There you go, dude. Crash Bash for the PS1. Yes. Crash Bandicoot, Wrath of Vortex. Dude, we still play Tony Hawk Pro Skater on Josh yes! from time to time. Yeah! Oh, dude, classic. we should have like a whole conversation about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you. Can you, uh, like, see any, like, even shapes or anything, or is it just complete? I cannot. Okay. Um, if you want to be uh, realistic about it, it's darkness. Complete, utter yeah. darkness. Nothing black. But because I've had vision in the past and I was able to see the world through heavy clarity, I have a very powerful imagination. So it's yeah. almost like a, a movie that goes on in my head. So when I hear something, I picture what I think it would look like from previous experiences, and I place it in the sound field where it is. I use echolocation to determine where things are, and that is how I get around so well via navigation and territory. And um, I'm very territorial as far as how I move around. Half of the time I don't use a cane because I use my ears and my other senses to their fullest abilities. Blind people are very smart, and they have the ability to use their senses. They just don't choose to. At least people that I've met. Excuse me for sounding ignorant myself. I, I understand the struggle of losing your sight and becoming sheltered, and you know. But you got to rise above that and see the world for really what it is. It's not a nice world, and you got to deal with you know the things that you have in your life because other people are. There are plenty of people who are way below you and don't have some of the things that you don't have yeah. that you have. You know. So have you met many other uh, blind people that have been, you know, like, just, like, crippled by their blindness? And Yes, I have. And I ha my compassion is beyond the stars for them. I will not sit here and speak negative. I mean, does it yeah. frustrate me? Yeah. It, it saddens me to see, you know, other blind people and the families around them who shelter them and tell them it's okay. No, it's not okay. I mean, in a way it is, but you can't give them the silver platter. You have to push them and tell them, look, if your lungs are still pumping oxygen, you have the ability to go out and change the world. Whether you think you can or you can't, you have an influence that you can give on someone. You do. I was going to say, man, I mean, like, your life is testimony in and of itself, man, of, like, you know, not actually looking at, you know, what you don't have, but thanking God for everything that you do. And, like, you know, by living life through that type of, like, worldview, man, like, 
you're able to do even greater things that you would have, like, you know, had you had the vision, maybe. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm still human, so there are days where I'm pissed off and I, I, I'm frustrated with some of the things that I can't do or some things that I don't have. I'm not going to lie, you know, but... You know, aside from that, at the end of the day, I tell myself before I go to sleep, I'm like, okay, you've done something good today, and you continue to do something good for people, and people look up to you, you know, you are a role model, like, excuse me, I try to tell myself that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, gosh, man, whenever I heard you uh, talking on that other podcast, um, I just kept being reminded of uh, an uncle that I had who passed away about a dozen years ago. He was restricted to a wheelchair from the time that he was 12 until the time that he died. And uh, for him, he just, like, really in a lot of ways saw it almost as, like, a gift. Um, because, exactly. Uh, because, like, his, uh, you know, quote-unquote disability, he didn't see it as a disability, you know. But um, Of course not. It really just uh, drew him to God, you know, and uh, gave his life purpose. Um, he was He was a kind of crazy dynamic guy when I was, I'd say, 8 or 10 or so. He would take me and my little uh, cousins on his wheelchair, you know, like have us ride the back of it up to the local radio shack. And um, he would like buy us some Uh electronic, you know, like he loved seeing kids be able to do what he wasn't able to do, you know, and enjoy things that he wasn't able to enjoy. What a hero, man. Yeah. It just brought him like such joy just to like see people do what he couldn't do, you know, and there was never like this attitude of uh you know like man i wish i could do what they're doing you know um of course and it was it was just great i mean it just spoke volumes to me to grow up around that um and uh yeah he, he'd actually go out hitchhiking in his wheelchair um just what a guy just to share jesus with people i heard stories from family members that said they saw him on the side of the road you know just like with his thumb out and this is probably back in the 80s when uh I don't know, I'd, I'd say hitchhiking was more of a common thing or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if people that he knew would stop him and say, hey, Gary, like, where can I give you a ride to? And he'd just laugh and say, like, I don't want a ride from you. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I don't actually need to go anywhere. Like, I'm just trying to like, <laughs> meet people and just share the hope of Jesus with them, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, it, it was just kind of one of those things where almost like, because he was, I guess you could say, limited in some ways, it almost like made him more focused on what he could do, you know? Because, oh, uh, sure. You know, Heck like, yeah. I have a friend who went, uh, I went to high school with also who uh, he has to walk with a cane. And um, he was talking to me a couple of years ago when I met up with him, and he was saying that, like, man, all through high school, he just saw all of his friends, you know, pouring their time into sports and not that there's anything wrong with sports, you know, but, uh, just, just into things that were, were hobbies, you know, that were fine for that time, but wouldn't last, you know, he just recognized like basically his limits in a lot of ways. And, uh, he like grasped onto what he's still doing now. He grasped onto that at a, at a really young age because he was just like, well, I can't do what everyone else is doing, but I can do this. And, uh, you know, he, right. he dove into like actually balloon ministry and like illusions and things. And, oh, uh, sweet. guy's great at it, you know? Um, and he does <laughs> that, like he works for a, a lady who has like a clown ministry. Um, so it hasn't held him back in any form or fashion, you know, but it's actually like expanded his mind to what he can do with what he has, you know? This thing he has, 
we're all disabled one way or the other. There's something about us that we despise, something about us that makes us different from everyone else. Whether it be big or small, present or hidden, there's still something. And no matter what, a limitation, to be honest with you, can almost be an illusion. Because I, it's funny that we say limitation because um, there's a, a series that I did for my solo album called No Limits. I did four of those, No Limits 1 through 4. And it was just all types of different musics that I tried. I did different genres. I did different experimentations. And it's like, a limitation is only something someone tells you that you can't do. Yeah. You don't know it's a limitation until you actually try and experience whether you can or cannot. We always tend to listen to what other people have to say before we even try it ourselves, which is why we fall. We don't have the ambition to do it ourselves and make that decision ourselves. And I tell myself, you just graduated high school. You still don't have a job. You know, you're making money off your music and you're only making maybe a couple hundred bucks off the music and you're getting a government check. That's all you're doing. But guess what? I'm still traveling. I'm still doing what I thought I could do and I still can. For example, you know, I'm going to St. Louis. I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to try and get into Columbus. Like, in my opinion, it's like, if you say you're going to do something and you can actually do it, do it. Do it. People are going to tell you that you can't do it. Just That's their opinion. Well, is their opinion even meaningful? No, yours is. Take what other people have to say into consideration, but use your opinion as the final call. And this is, and, I, and I'm not saying this in a way of don't don't blow off everyone that you meet, or yeah. don't blow off your family, don't blow off your pastor, don't blow off the people who say things to you because you know they love you. But if you are ambitious and you have a certain thing you want to do, don't let anybody stop you. If you know it's good for you and you think it's the right decision and you know God's trying to call you to do something really awesome then go do it. Go do it. Yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, the passage in First John that says, you know, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that the Father has given us, like, you know, his spirit to go out into the world and to do the things that he's done or even greater things. You know, of like, course. we have the power and access to do that. And, like, you know, living that is, like, actually the Christian life. Like, it's not boring when you're actually doing it the way Jesus planned you to do it. Which kind of like leads us to like my next question. I want to kind of ask like, how did you initially like meet Jesus? Like, what was that for you? Well, it's a funny one. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most special thing in the whole universe, but it was one. I was coming home from a um, from a from a uh, family reunion when I was fifteen, and I start I put on Chris Tomlin or something. I don't I don't usually listen to a bunch of Christian contemporary music, but I will once in a while. And I put some of that on, and all of a sudden I started crying, out of nowhere. Just it just came to me nowhere. And I, but I was writing to someone, and I'm like, whoa, why, why, why am I crying? Why are these tears falling from my eyes? I didn't say anything or do anything to make it happen. And I started, you know, thinking about it. I'm like, wow, this is this the blood of Christ? Is this His presence coming into my life, letting me know that yo, I exist. I'm here to help you and love you and treat you the way I would treat everyone else I'm I, you are my son I love you you know that hit me like a ton of bricks and I was like what what, what is going on because I, I went to youth group you know previous years I, I knew who Jesus was but I don't think I knew him you know like I didn't I don't think I actually felt that personal relationship because I think we're brought up to believe who God is we love him but we don't have that inner bond until we really experience something that makes us understand wow that's god you know yeah yeah, yeah. i think there are uh, i mean i guess so many different areas where i could delve into it you know but uh 
I see in large part, like coming to God is almost like the dying of the old perception of God, you know, like that we all have come to a point of like, I guess initially like quote unquote, like letting God die. Um, and then from that point on, like continuing that journey, you know, we never Mm -hmm. arrive, you know, is that Um, where you guys get your name? I mean, I guess it comes from a lot of different places. That's one of the places, you know, I mean, I I guess I believe that anyone who is following Jesus has in some type of way perceived God one way. And then there's been a change, you know, my story in large part was I saw, you know, um, God and following Jesus as almost like a self-improvement project of sorts, um, or just like a way to Mm. feel good about yourself or a way to like be in right standing with God until, until there was a moment with me where I really experienced God in a real way that I couldn't explain. It was just like, yeah, this is far more than I ever thought it was. You know, I just thought it was a mind view. You know, I thought it was a way of life, you know? Um, but recognizing that it's actually like doing life with the creator. Um, Oh yeah, for sure, man. No, absolutely. Yeah. To answer your question though, um, it really comes from a lot of different places though. Um, I guess, uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of the background. I used to work at Taco Bell. (laughs) That's awesome. And, uh, and I mean, looking back, it wasn't because I was this awesome person who was like really loving on people, honestly. Um, uh-huh. I think it was just because I was a quiet guy. I wasn't cussing. I wasn't partying, you know, so. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, my yeah. Co- coworkers just at times, they would ask if I was a Christian. And um, I, w- I would just say yes, you know, like that's what, you, that's what you say when you're a Christian, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I noticed the conversation always ended there. And really, like, from that point forward, you know, like, whatever uh, presupposition they had in their mind of what a Christian was, was just reinforced. And that's how they defined me from that point on, you know. Um, So whatever, quote unquote, Christian was, um, that was, I was lumped into that, you know. Um, So that never sat well with me, but I was just like, well, what else is there, you know. Um, Then it was a a long time later, um, I was asked that again, and uh, I just answered it differently, you know. Um, right. I just said like, well, I kind of asked the other person like, what what is a Christian in the first place, you know? And right. I got an answer like, you know, I guess you don't cuss, you know, you try to be a good person, you go to church, you don't have sex before marriage, you know, like, um, and uh, it's like all the do's and don'ts. When it came down to it, like I was thinking like, yeah, those things are kind of you know like what my life is about, you know, but. I was like, <laughs> but that's not the whole picture, you know? So Right, yeah, um, that's not our main focus. Yeah, so, like, from there, I just respond, like, yeah, that's not really quite my deal, you know? Um, and uh, usually, like, it would turn into a, like, all right, well, what is your deal, you know? So it was, it, it turned into an ongoing conversation about who Jesus is and what it means to follow him, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I uh, had a lot of people just say, like, you know, like, well, you know, that's cool and whatever, but like, I could never follow God because of A, B, and C, you know? And, uh, a lot of the time I'd just be like, dude, if that's how God was, man, like I'd, I'd probably want nothing to do with him either, you know? But like, you know, that's I, I have to, I have to, um, say something about that. You know, what people think of God is the dumbass people that tell you all these things. Yeah. You're not you don't give yourself a chance to actually sit down and figure out who God is yourself. Yeah. That is how I think a personal faith should be developed. The trauma that you go through, the people who walk in and out, 
the hardships, the, the failures, the things that you experience, that is how your faith should be developed because it will be stronger than ever. What people say, their opinions will change. And if, when their opinions change, you're like, ah, oh, that's right. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not this anymore. Blah, blah. So you're, on a, you're, you're basically on an ongoing roller coaster that keeps going up and down, left and right. And you're not giving yourself the chance to open up and read, read into the Bible yourself and perceive what it says. And it's okay to go to a church and listen to a pastor. Hey, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. No way. But take what they told you and try and apply it to your life instead of just taking what they say about their lives and suddenly just making it your life. Yeah, because obviously everyone's speaking from their perspective, from their vantage point, from their lens, you know. Um, and that's why we have, you know, war over religion and so many different denominations. And it's like, why, you know? Yeah, totally. I feel like, uh, yeah, what you were hitting on is like the difference between information and revelation. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that like someone else's experience may not necessarily be your experience. Thank you, by the way. I was looking for the correct terminology. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, like, you know, the fact that when God meets you and your experience exactly where you are, like, you know, information is what people tell you, but revelation is like what God tells you. And right, like what when, you experienced. Yeah, what was actually revealed to you as truth. And in that moment, allowing God to be that for you, I feel like puts you at a point where you can trust him more independently of, I guess you could say, like, you know, with the counsel of like a pastor, you know, a church home and community, but as well, like being able to depend on God alone, like when there's no one else around you to encourage you. Right. And it's, and again, you know, touching back on that topic, it's, in fact, I encourage a support network. Yeah. God, God even says that. You know, in the Bible, it's important to have a church, a body. You know, that's always important. But it's you. It's your life. It's your experiences, your revelation that talks to you. That's what God is. You know, you can't just go to a church and say, God is this because he said so. It's not how that yeah. works. You, you, you will lose your faith. You'll, you'll fall really, like right now in my life, I have dealt with the most severe anxiety that I've ever dealt with in my entire life these last few weeks from this trip. I have felt so alone and you know there have been plenty of times where it's just like I need to cry my eyes out. What is going on in my life? And these moments is where I realize, holy cow God, you are still keeping me breathing right now. Like how yeah. mm-hmm. how are you keeping me afloat right now on you know the the dark sea of death that I've been trembling on, you know? Like, it's moments like that 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 God will reveal himself. On the one side, you know, like, um, I really believe that people don't reject, you know, who God actually is, but just their perception of him, um, you know, right. uh, based on what they've been told. But also, uh, I, I really believe that a lot of us follow God on false expectations, you know, on false pretenses. Um, we almost... Think of God in like these idealistic terms, um, where it's like you know we we hear that God is good, so we fit that into our definition of what a good God would be, um, and that there are a lot of things that you know I would not consider quote unquote good about the character of God, but it's not because he's not good; it's because my value system of what is good is not good. You know, um, uh-huh. like uh, <laughs> I was in depth, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even like relating to, to your story, you know, like, um, I don't know, like losing your sight, you know, like that is not something that a quote unquote good God would allow, but seeing the bigger picture, you know, and that's that, what you need to do is see the big picture. Yeah. 
You need to think outside the box. You need to think, okay, I'm not dead, so obviously there is something going on here yeah. that I need to focus on. <clears throat> so what would you say is like the biggest barrier that you've um, maybe overcome through your life relating to that? Maybe seeing God in one light and then realizing that, oh gosh, the God that I was you know rejecting is actually this way or or vice versa the god that you expected a certain thing from realizing that he is is different you know two stories i could bring up again my blindness like look at me now i'm here three thousand miles away from my home and doing what i told myself that i could do and that's god saying you know what you can do it put your mind to it put your heart to it i'm gonna be there right with you i'm gonna travel on that plane with you I'm going to be with you the whole way. And another one is my anxiety. I have severe anxiety. I might um, be um, going to a therapist probably in the next couple months to really get a diagnosis because it's been crazy, you know. And I tell myself at the end of the day, it's okay. Okay, Lord, you know, I, I'm still breathing. My heart is, isn't racing anymore. I still have the friends that I thought I was going to lose. Yeah. And, 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 you know, anxiety is a bitch sometimes, man. It, it makes you believe and convinces you of some of the worst conclusions and falsified things ever and you call yourself an artard at the end of the day and it's like what yeah. were you thinking and that's god telling you dude it's okay you know that's that's the other story i think that i try to realize the most is like god is present he's keeping you afloat dude it's it's okay what do you think is like the biggest i guess maybe even misperception about about your blindness that people have Oh my gosh! Um, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty, you know. But oh, there something... are thousands. Yeah. I could give you a, a novel list. Um, I guess maybe as related to God or related to God, um, there are people who think blindness is a punishment, and they think that people with disabilities are being punished for something that they did previously in their lives. And I think that is bullshit. Yeah, I think blindness is a gift from God. People don't realize, and the biggest, uh, to answer your question right off the bat too, um, people say, don't you wish you had your vision back? That's the question people jump to all the time. And I tell them, no, I'm acceptable with very, with, with who I am, with what my vision has done to me. It's given me way more success than I ever had in my entire life. Yeah. It's been influential on thousands of people's lives. And my, it's brought my music to a whole new level of reality that I don't think I'd ever, I would ever been able to fathom as a child. And I, I want, I, I, that's why I make this testimony all the time. It's like God gave me blindness not to punish me, but to enhance myself, to influence other people and to give inspiration. And I, I live with that every single day. There's no point in my life really hardly ever where I'm, guilty or feel regretful or feel hurt that I lost my vision. My uncle, one thing that he'd say all the time is that he'd rather be in his wheelchair knowing Jesus than being able to jump over buildings without him. And this is, you know, that, that's a conversation that'll baffle everyone. Yeah. Because people will be like, well, how could you live without this? Well, you don't know until it happens. Mm -hmm. You don't know. It's, it's, it's arrogance and... Well, ignorance, excuse me. It's ignorance and, you know, of course, you know, I'm not going to scald people for it. Of course not. You know, they they can't show empathy because they don't know. Yeah. That's why I try to inform them to the best of my abilities and influence them to understand that 
dude, I, I flew 3,000 miles. I, even me today, myself, I look at myself I'm like, how in the F did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> how did you buy that plane ticket and fly seven hours across the country to pursue something that you tried to do? And I'm flying home, and I don't feel like a failure. This was just too tough on me, and I'm going home, revisiting the basics, and starting over again. That's okay. Take it to my grave that I can say I tried to do the things that I want to do, and no matter what, trying is... Trying is what's best. And people will tell you trying is, has the intention to fail. Well, no matter what, you're going to be a failure in life. You're going to fail. You're going to yeah. fall down no matter whether you like it or not. You have to accept that. But having the audacity to say you tried, that's what's worth it. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to me because it's like the people that talk about other people's failures, those are typically the people that haven't stepped out to try in the first place. You know yeah, they I mean? haven't stepped out of their comfort zone. Like, they don't know what it's like. Yeah, to me, and that's something that I challenge myself with. If I have time to look at someone else and, uh, you know, like, recognize, like, man, they're just, like, failing at whatever they're pursuing, um, I have to look at myself and be like, oh, am I actually even putting myself out there in the first place, you know? Because right. um, oh, yeah. it's really easy to be like, yeah, that person, you know, they're trying to do A, B, and C, and they're failing. Um, it's really oh, easy I, I, to, to say that when we're all actually like that. even trying. We're all like that, no matter yeah, what. Totally. I mean, we'll, we'll judge like that. That's human nature, no matter what. I mean, I tell myself, I'm like, you're trying to do this, good luck. Yeah. You know, but you have to think about it. It's like, wait, this person actually has the ambition to try. Shoot, if anything, I give them credit for that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, sin is sin. But at the end of the day, if you fall down, Scott's not going to say, oh, you're a effing failure. You're a... You're, you're a disgrace to, to my kingdom. <laughs> no. No matter what people tell you, that's bullshit. If people tell you that, they obviously aren't seeing the true work of the Holy Spirit. One time a friend uh, a few years back asked me, like, um, how do you think Jesus sees us when we are in our sin? You know, like, in the moment of, of sin. You know, and that was something that I never that's thought about. That's a tough one. That's something I never thought about before. But, uh... Even that question, like, changed my world. Like, when Jesus was being crucified, you know, and he said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah. they they knew what they're doing, you know, in my mind. Um, just like whenever... <laughs> Consciously you did. Yeah, and like whenever I choose my own way, you know, like whether it's porn or like just being selfish, um... I don't know, even like right after the fact, I'm like, dude, I know better, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, you know better. Yeah, but straight up, like, I don't know. I believe that's God's heart where he's like, no, you don't understand. You don't know what you're doing. If you knew what you were doing, you know, like, you wouldn't do that to yourself. You know, it's you'd not... Be, like, you'd, you'd be on your hands and knees worshiping me yeah. if you knew what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like, <laughs> you wouldn't be doing that if you really knew what you were, you know, basically robbing ourselves of, you know? And it's not right. like this, like, shaking his head at us, like, man, you screwed up. You done screwed up this time. It's like, yeah, yeah. no more grace. No more, no more grace for you. You're done. You you found a way to make it run out. <laughs> right but, uh, into the fire pit of death you go. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, totally. It's just like. I don't know. I think he just wants to turn our turn our eyes towards him. You know, like when I'm screwing up, my only response usually is to look at me, you know? And if I look at me, like the only thing I'm going to see is a piece of crap, you know? Right. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, oh shit, I, I done effed up again. <laughs> yeah. But if I, I mean, if I look at Jesus, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like we were, we'd be shocked to see that he believes in us you know um and oh, yeah. he's you know like really drawing us to him you know 
and not yeah. shaming us, you know? And that's one of those things that's like, gosh, man, I, don't, I can't even wrap my head around that, you know? Because it's like one of those things that I, I felt like I learned that lesson years ago. Um, but every single day, I feel like I'm just like learning it again. And I'm like, gosh, I'm still not understanding the fact that you see me in a way that I don't see myself. That's so beautiful. And I just can't even grasp it, you know? Straight mind blowing. It is. Yeah, no, that's that's rocket science for sure. Yeah, to me, like, too, dude, I mean, you think about the passage in... Uh, I want to say uh, the one that, where Jesus, where God basically speaks like, you know, he who began a good work in you is, uh, will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Like, you know, thinking about that passage and like the fact that Jesus met us at the cross at our weakest, like, you know, when, like the Bible says too, like, you know, while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. Like, you know, we weren't even looking his way. He intervened into our lives with us. Not even knowing that we needed his intervention. <laughs> You're right. He's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to fix you whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, dude. And there's even one other passage I want to say. It says that, you know, he did it on a, <laughs> he did it on a whim that we would have this, the smallest chance of becoming the righteousness of God. He didn't do it on a guarantee. Yeah. You know, when no. thinking about that, it's just kind of crazy. Like, you know, the fact that God is not afraid of the work that he's going to do in our hearts, in our lives to get us to where he wants us to be. Like. He's not afraid of like, oh my gosh, he's gonna screw up this many times. He's gonna blow it this many times. Like, I don't know if this is even. God doesn't. Yeah, God doesn't even focus <laughs> yeah, like, on that. Yeah. Not at all. He's more like, hey, just keep your eyes on me. Focus. Look at me. Keep looking. It's at me. almost keep like he doesn't me. have expectations. The only thing he'd ever want is for you to be like, you know what? Live your life. Live your life. You have free will to do what you think is right, but I'm gonna be right there to tell you, hey, hey, you know, I'm here. Let, let's let's walk this 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 dangerous path together, and whether you step in lava or not, I'm going to be right there to heal those wounds. Yeah, that grace just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't <laughs> make sense. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh my gosh. Too good. I'm just kind of assuming, man. Like, do you do you get people that are uh, I don't know almost almost come at it with the assumption that like God has a desire to heal you? Yes, um, I went to a Pentecostal church for ten months, and. Um, a lot of the time when I went up to go pray with some of the people at the altar, they would insistently, um, out of nowhere, try and pray for my vision. And granted, that's ignorance. They don't understand. But in my head, I'm like, "You please don't. Don't do that. Stop. You know, you are, you don't understand that it's not my vision that makes me struggle. It's, me as a human being that makes me struggle yeah. not some physical or mental abnormality that I despise or something it's my existence as a human being the fact that I'm walking on earth that makes me struggle yeah and I, I guess kind of like conversely to that like I don't know man when I when I hear your story and I hear you talk like I'm like this dude has been healed you know like I mean that's just how I see it you know yeah that, God has done just a great work in your heart, you know, um, and he's turned something that many could see negatively, you know. It's one thing that I think about a lot with, uh, like, the homeless community in Detroit, you know. We're right by Detroit out here. Um, you said it's, like, so easy to look at them as, like, man, they have such great need, you know. Um, but everyone in our own community, you know, like, is completely you know, like ignoring the fact that they're just living comfortable lives, you know, um, right. and they need Jesus 
just as much as the homeless guy down the street, just as much as I do, you know? Right. Um, a lot of time, like... Just as much as Donald Trump does, too. It's <laughs> 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 like the whole, like, you know, uh, the us-them mentality, like, it's just gone when, like, you know, you're seeing people as Christ sees them. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's not like, you know, that homeless guy or that crack addict or that guy in the strip club throwing his money away. That guy's like, no, like, that guy is made in the image of God, whether or not he knows that or not. You know, and yeah. seeing people in that way makes it way easier, I guess, even in my life to love them where they are, as Jesus did with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know Jesus didn't meet me at my high place in life. Like, dude, he called me out of a relationship where I was having sex outside of marriage and, like, it was all types of dysfunction and sin just like all around it and in a place where I was even comfortable in the sin dude and I didn't want to leave it but like he, right. he called me out of that he met me in dirt you know <laughs> and like that's one of the things that I love so much about like you know our faith and why it's so unique is the fact that you know God meets us like you know we can't come to him like he, he meets us in our crap and he cleans us up and he gives us a path to walk in front of him and he's walking with us the whole way so uh, what does following Jesus look like for you? I mean, like, you know, that was one of the questions I, I feel like we may have missed, possibly, like, you know, for you, like, as a believer, like, you know, what is what does it mean for you, like, to follow Jesus? To me, you know, I, I mean, I, I obviously me personally, I've I've been struggling to open up my Bible these past few months, but in my opinion, I see following Jesus as, look, you've been given a life to live by Christ Jesus. You need to be thankful for that. Walk every day knowing that you're still breathing because Christ holds on to you no matter what. You know, unconditional love. And I pray every day in the shower, where, wherever I'm going. If I feel restless, I I try to calm myself down, keep a steady breath, and talk to the Lord. Um, and, you know, try my best to do good deeds for the Lord and um, you know, I, I'm a very social person, very open in public. So I, I will talk to a lot of people that I see on the streets, that I that I meet in in the cities. I'll start up conversations. In my opinion, that's that's a good way to worship and to be be um, con, uh, be a contributor of, of the kingdom. And music's another one for me. You know, I, I I speak my feelings through music. I'm not a praise and worship artist. No, you know, you know, I never found interest in that. But I speak you know my emotions through my lyrics and whether they're aggressive or not, I, I, I stay close to having my faith involved. Like, you know what, this, you know, I deal with negativity and betrayal and neglect, and I try to um, reflect that through my lyrics with God influenced in it within. And, you know, I, I'm not, you, a, a typical Christian would, I mean, I don't want to use the word typical, but a, your average conservative, you know, Republican Christian mm-hmm. would probably call me a hypocrite or, you know, uh, a, um, a, a side, tra- what's the word, a side tracker or whatever. But you know, I'm I'm content with who I am, and I fully believe in my life. You know, I'll become more involved with my my faith. I'm 19. I still got years ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, right, you know, guy, man. yeah, for sure. No, but and, and and everyone's form of worship is way different. You know. Well, Tony, thanks so much for sharing your story, man. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, dude, for having me on. It's always a pleasure to uh, share my story and sort of give a testimony on, you know, what struggling really is, but what also, what, you know, understanding your struggle and turning it into a blessing. And so um, for anyone that wants to, like, check into your music, um, where do they find that? 
Well, Tony Gebhardt is the name. Uh, last name spelled G-E-B-H-A-R-D. Um, you can Google me, I guess you can say. You know, I've got a SoundCloud page, Reverb Nation, YouTube. I have a personal website, TonyGebhardt.com. Very cool. All right. You guys take it easy. Much love. You Thanks too, so man. much, God man. Bless, we'll talk soon. Bless you too. All right. So that was Tony. Um, if you want to check out what he has going on with the music, you can check out his site. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, like thoroughly encouraging man like the fact to see like god work through like such like adversity like you yeah. would think like with a person you know being dealt the cards that he was dealt in life like having every reason to be like you know what if this is who god is like screw this i'm out yeah like you know but instead he's like god has a purpose for this and like seeing that through is like is encouraging his crap to me like wow mm-hmm. and yeah it's i mean it's really a matter of perspective you know like he doesn't see it as adversity, you know, um, and just kind of like whatever we've been given in life, you know, just to see it as, you know, if God allowed it in some type of way, it is a gift, you know, and that's near impossible to see a lot of the time. But just recognizing that, yeah, God knows better than we do. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, I thought that was really, really cool. I hope you enjoyed that. And um yeah, remember to subscribe on iTunes or uh, we have an RSS feed. So if you use an app like Feedly, that's what I use. Um, it would be awesome if you leave a review on the iTunes page. Or if you want to comment, if you want to message us personally, that'd be great. Um, follow us on Facebook at Let God Die. Um, we're also on LetGodDie.com. And um, if you want to support what we're doing, um, it does cost a little bit of money to, to do this and everything. Um, we have a support page on the website, and um, there's like a little subscription where you can support us monthly through the Patreon page. So if that's something that you want to do, no pressure whatsoever, um, but we'd appreciate it. So thanks so much for listening, and um, yeah, until next time. Thanks, guys. Later.